Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues with the third part of his life-changing series entitled Reaching Results. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Let's get right into this today. I won't be before you long. Uh, today is, again, uh, we're in the home stretch. How I many know we're in that final seven days now? Praise God. And I know for me, I've challenged myself, the, the furthest I've challenged myself uh, since we've been doing this. And, you know, in the natural, I feel a certain way. But how I many you know the spirit realm is just, ah, just, just ready to go? And so... Uh, today is week three of Reaching Results, and so uh, all of these notes are in your Version Bible app. They're also in the Linked Up Church app as well, so follow along. I'm going to give you at least uh, three to six additional scriptures, so I'm letting the media department know in advance. If they can catch those, uh, uh, please do so, uh, but, but follow along today, so you'll need to write some additional information down. We know that at any point in your life, if you've ever felt like your prayers aren't being answered, there's always a biblical solution to that, and it's found in the Word of God. And so we've been looking at seven steps uh, for reaching the results that we desire from our prayer life. Our foundation text, Mark eleven twenty four, out of the New Living Translation, and it says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. Somebody say anything. anything. And if you believe, somebody say believe, believe, that you've received it. Somebody say received it it will be yours. Somebody say, it will be mine. And so it's real clear there. We can pray about anything, and if we believe that we've received it, that has to happen at the same time that we pray. When we pray, we have to believe that we received it, right? And then the Scripture tells us that it will be yours. And we said a lot that I won't be able to go back over, but week one, uh, action step number one was praying the Word of God. Action step number two was saturating your prayers in faith. Uh, action step number three was there's no fear here. Of course, action steps four and five were on YouTube last week. Were you all blessed by Apostle Mike Freeman on last week? Tremendous blessing. And so we still wanted to make sure that you all uh, were able to get that information. So uh, step number four was seeing yourself prospering. How I many of y'all can see yourself with it before you actually have it? That's such a key. You might remember even last week he said he was sitting on his deck in Maryland, right, building something in the Bahamas, right? And that's literally how this works, folks. You have to see it spiritually before you see it naturally. And then action step number five, testify. Never be afraid to tell people about what God's doing in your life. And how many know it's real faith when you can tell them before he does it? I mean, that's real faith, right? I like to think about the, you know, it's football season, it's the playoffs. But, but sometimes these guys will go put a phone in the goalpost, right, because they already, they, what they're saying is when I score a touchdown, this is going to be my celebration, right? And so they put the phone or whatever gadget in the goalpost before the game even started, right? And then when they actually go score the touchdown, they go get the phone out of the goalpost and then they celebrate. What I'm telling you is, folks, it's more powerful and it demonstrates more faith to be able to testify about what God is doing before he does it. Go ahead and testify to your neighbor and tell him what God's doing in your life. Tell him what's coming. Tell him what's getting ready to happen. Tell him what you're getting ready to manifest. 
I mean, say it like you believe it, too. Come on, brag on God. Talk about it. Now, if you actually believe what you just testified about, go ahead and give God some real good praise in this place. Come on, that, that's a big part of it. That's, that's that ability to act like I, I actually have it before I have it. All right, and so those two go hand in hand to me, right? I see myself prospering, and then I can go tell people about what's getting ready to happen. Man, my business is getting ready to blow up. You know, you almost can be a little bit of like, you know, you better talk about me while you can. Because this time, next week, next month, come on, somebody. I'm getting ready to walk in something that, boy, you better get it all in right now. Because I know what's coming, right? And it's that type of air about you that just you have that kind of confidence in God that I, I see myself prospering and I have this ability to testify, not just after it happens, but before it happens. And let's get into step number six today. And this is a powerful one. You don't hear this one taught a whole lot, but, but this is so important to receiving the results that you're looking for in prayer. My wife did an excellent job yesterday, a Saturday morning prayer. And sometimes we can get so consumed in what we want that, that we really miss what we need. And believe it or not, the thing that you want so bad might be connected to what somebody else needs. And so in order to reach what you want, God may want you to meet a need in somebody else's life. And, and sometimes sowing in the area where I have my greatest need sets that in motion for me to manifest that. Because now I get out of self, right? Now I'm not so focused on what, I, what, I, what I'm believing for. Now I'm thinking about who else might be believing God for something in this area. Let, let's follow this, this train of thinking. Let's look at our, our text here under step six here, action step six. Proverbs chapter 11, 24, 25, the Passion Translation says this, generosity brings prosperity. But withholding from charity brings poverty. Listen to this. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. So notice those who, as a lifestyle, are looking to bless other people will always have blessings heaped upon them. And I started to bring a visual example for you. But, but in the Bible, when it talks about something being heaped, it's really just talking about piled on. And when you're talking about heaped, it might start here. But then as you blessings just keep getting piled on, that mountain just continues to grow higher. So, so God is saying, when you live to bless others, I'm going to cause mountains of blessings to come on top of you. Somebody ought to say, I'll take that right there, right? And so that might be a secret, right? While you're believing, who does God want you to bless? Who does he want you to help? Watch this. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings, there's that word again, will be saturated with favor. That word saturated means soaked. And I mean, when God's favor is on you, that means everywhere you go, people do things for you and they don't even know why they're doing it. 
Come on, come on. I'm talking about you apply for a job, and it's like your application goes to the top of everybody else's, and you have faith. You walk in, and they begin to say to you, there's something about you that's different than everyone. When God's favor is on you, the, the parking lot can be packed, and there are no parking spaces, and the Holy Spirit will tell you to drive around one more time. Right, as soon as you get around the, the second time, somebody comes out in a spot right at the front of it. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about when God's favor is on you, everything begins to work out for your good. And all of that comes out of a heart to help other people. You mean I can increase God's favor on my life by helping other people? That's exactly what we just read. And sometimes we don't get outside ourselves enough to know that there is somebody out here in worse shape than I am. There is somebody out here that is in that would love to be in my shoes. And when is the last time have I stopped and prayed about, Lord, who do you want me to help? And so this week, that's your challenge. to think about and pray about, God, I'm believing you to get results in this area, but who do you want me to help? <clears throat> Are you all still with me out there? All right, so, so far we've learned, right, very important here, that prayer that reaches results is fueled by faith. So we know that faith works by love. Watch this now. So in other words, if you want your faith to be at a level that will reach results in your prayer life, then your faith must be expressed through your love for other people, okay? So this week, I really want you to pray about um, who can you help. Now, there are a lot of definitions out here for prosperity. I personally don't define prosperity by the type of car I drive. I don't define prosperity by the type of house that I live in. I don't define prosperity by the type of clothes that I wear. I actually don't define prosperity by material things. Sometimes material things can be a poor indication. So I, I wrote my own biblical, I wrote my own definition. Can I write my own definition of prosperity? This is my definition. True prosperity is the ability to use the power of God to meet the needs of mankind in every realm of life. Spirit, soul, body, financially, and socially. See, for God to be able to allow his power to flow through me and bring healing to somebody is real prosperity. For God to use a, a message that he gave me and souls are snatched out of hell. Come on, somebody. And brought into the marvelous light of his glorious kingdom. That's real prosperity to me. And that's prosperity that lasts throughout eternity because I get to take that with me. Right? Not only can I believe God to pay my house off, but, but God can use me to pay somebody else's house off. So, so I think paying mine off is just the first phase of it. Now I want to believe God to pay somebody else's house off. Are you all still with me out there? And so powerful verses here. So true prosperity then is this ability to 
uh, use the power of God to meet the needs of mankind. These are some additional verses here that are not in your notes. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, out of the Passion Translation. Now, of course, we wait on the media department to pop it up, but I don't come from that. I come from every verse that you ever heard in church was read out of a paper Bible, and you had to have a notebook. Come on, somebody. And you had to write the Scripture down, and sometimes the pastor would be going so fast, we'd all sit next to each other and say, I'll get the first verse that he uses. You get the second verse, and then we'll just hook each other up as we go through it. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? And so if they get it up there, praise God. If they don't, write it down yourself, okay? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 out of the Passion Translation will add some more light on to what we just said. How many of y'all going to look for somebody to help this week? All right? And it's a real, real indicator when you can help them in the area that you need. So, in other words, I'm believing God to get married. Who else is engaged? And how can I sow into them? Can I volunteer? Can I be a part of whatever part of that? You you all see where I'm going for that? Whatever it is, find someone in the same area and help them. Bring them up, and then God will send somebody into your life to bring you up. Listen to Hebrews 13, 16. The Passion Translation says, We will show mercy to the poor and not miss an opportunity to do acts of kindness, random acts of kindness for others. <clears throat> Excuse me. For these are the true sacrifices that delight God's heart. Hold on now. Did we just read that the right way? Put that scripture back up there again. We will show mercy to the poor, watch this, and not miss an opportunity to do acts of kindness for others, for these are the true sacrifices that delight God's heart, to show mercy to the poor and never miss an opportunity to do acts of kindness. And folks, that's not always buying someone something. Sometimes that's just helping someone take their groceries to the vehicle if they'll allow you these days. You know, today people don't trust each other. I don't know about you, but it's been the toughest time just trying to do random acts of kindness. Anybody else out there? Some some of them, I just want to say, forget you then. (laughs) But but literally, I mean, this one uh, particular one, one lady, her bill was up to $70-something. So I said, I'm going to add her bill to mine. My church is out doing random acts of kindness, and so if you would, there's really nothing I'm looking for from you other than to be a blessing and to let you know that God loves you. No, that's okay. I'm fine. I'm talking about with attitude. Anybody else in here know what I'm talking about? No, that's okay. I'm fine. I mean, I was like, okay, I almost started to tell her now, now, if you rejected me, the Lord rejects you. No, I'm just kidding. I would go like that. But it's been difficult out here trying to do random acts of kindness. So I've been sneaking them in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've been going through drive-thrus and just pay for it because now they can't say no, right? It's already paid for, right? But it's interesting that these are the true sacrifices that uh, God's heart delights in. Look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 in the Passion Translation. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 in the Passion Translation says this. Take advantage of every opportunity. Take advantage of what? Every 
to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. So take every opportunity that you have to be a blessing to others. But how many know when it comes to our linked up family, you need to show out. Oh, y'all missed a good place to shout right there. So, so in other words, we do good for the world, but we should show out for each other. That's what that word especially means, right? Right? There should be, we should be marked by the way we care for each other. Can I show you one more? Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. Again, none of these are in your notes. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation as well. 1 John 3, 17, and the Passion Translation says this. If anyone sees a fellow believer, see, again, this is us looking out for each other, in need and has the means to help him, yet shows no pity and closes his heart against him, watch this, how is it even possible that God's love lives in him. Now, the key here is they had the means to help, and they closed their heart. So do you all think helping others is important to God? Do you see a connection to your prayer life, right? right? How, how much you do for others is, is really what God causes other people to do for you. And so if you really want to activate your prayer life and get the results that you're looking for, stop focusing so much on yourself. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. And say, Lord, who, who do you want me to help? Action step number seven. We'll begin to close right here. Be a giver. Now, you might think these two go hand in hand, but they really don't. They do, but they don't. Action step number seven, be a giver. Watch this. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 in the New Living Translation says, give and you will what? So, I like to look at that. We don't carry coins anymore. Does anyone have a coin on on them, a quarter? Most people don't carry change anymore. See, I grew up in that area, era where your grandfather, thank you, sir. I grew up in that era where your grandfather would tell you to go outside, cut the grass, edge it, <laughs> go next door, see if sister such and such need her grass cut. Come on, somebody. Then go across the street and see if, because they were elderly, and see if they need their grass cut, right? You come back from doing all three yards then he send you to the store with a list on a sheet of paper. Then tell you to go next door while you're going and see kids won't even see kids today. Can you imagine trying to tell a kid today to go next door and see if, boy, my God. Can you imagine that today? Then he say, go next door and see if sister such and such need anything while you're at the store. Then she give you a list. And then go across the street. So now you cut three grass, three, uh, three lawns, and now you're going grocery shopping for three people. This is what I noticed about all of them, though. They'd all reach in their pocket and give you all the change that they have. And then for the ones that you went grocery shopping for, this is what they would tell you. Keep the change. 
because they would round up, right? I remember the next door neighbor, I said, but the bill came out to $4.92. And you only gave me $5. How you know sometimes kids will be brutally honest too, right? So I just wanted to make sure you didn't miss anything in there. Did you mean to give me 10? But what's my point here? This is one coin, right? One coin, right? But on the one side of the coin is a heads, and on the other side of the coin is tails, right? So we're really talking about the opposite sides of the same coin, right? What God is saying here is that if you give, you should receive. And those two are supposed to happen all the time at the same time. And the scripture even talks about you'll get to a place like this is where I believe my wife and I, we're at right now. You'll get to a place where your harvesting will, will, will actually run ahead of your giving. So in other words, you're getting it back faster than you can actually give it out. Come on, get this quarter right here because he look, he look, he, he, keep the chain. He's, he's, he said, keep the chain. I thought he was looking at me back there like, boy, if he don't give me that quarterback. Thank you. I received that, and, and may the Lord bless you, right? All right? And so I really want this to get into you because I believe a lot of people don't give because they don't have revelation about receiving. So believe it or not, every time I give, I walk around with my neck stuck out. You all know what I mean by that statement? I'm looking for the receiving off of that giving. I used to hear it described this way. Again, most of you all don't come from this, but we had to catch the bus when I was growing up in this kind of weather. With six inches of snow on the ground. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you how you stood at the bus stop when I was growing up. Anybody know what that stands means right there? Well, what am I doing? I'm looking for the bus, man. Right? You might walk back for a minute, walk away. You coming right back to the curb, right? All I'm saying, folks, is every time you give, You need to be looking for that bus of blessings. Come on, somebody. That is heading your way with an expectation that the same level that I gave it is coming back. Watch this. Because God is involved, it's coming back even greater. And I believe we get so caught up in the mundane, routine, traditional part of it, we're just giving, not placing an expectation on receiving. Let's finish reading that verse. Give and you will what? Did he say you might? What did he say? All right. How many of y'all are givers? 
How many of y'all are receiving back at the level that you're giving? So you didn't see as many hands go up. So could that be because I don't have an expectation? Right? Now, we've increased our giving this year. This is the first time our giving, our offering is greater than our tithe. And I'm not saying this to impress anyone, but if it makes an impression on you, praise God for it. But we take 21% of our income and we just, that's what anything, any increase that comes to us, we give 21% of it. And, And that's done something in me that every day I wake up, I'm thinking to myself, this might be the day. Come on, somebody, where my life changes forever for the rest of my life. And I wake up every day looking for that bus. Let me just show you something I've observed. What's today, January the 21st? We've probably already received back four times greater than what we've already given this year. I'm not trying, I promise you, I'm not trying to impress anyone. But if it makes an impression on you, praise God for it. And what I'm telling you is a lot of people are, they just get, I die tired. I don't even think about it no more. I don't pray over it. I don't have an expectation. I just give. Watch this, because that's what I'm supposed to do. But guess what? You're also supposed to be receiving off of that giving. And it's no wrong to have that expectation because I just read to you. Give and what? You see that period right there? I mean, I can stop and we can just go home right there. Period. Somebody say, period. Somebody say, when I give, I should receive. Now, let's keep reading because if it was just that, then we stay there. But watch this. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaking together. Now, when I think about that, again, I'm telling all all my childhood stories because this was like trauma to me. When that fall would roll around, it would get somewhere around November. My grandfather, mother, everybody... Several houses we had to do. They say, go out there and rake all those leaves. This is, this is a form, pray for me, this is a form of trauma for me just to talk about it. I'm going through as I'm telling you. I'm talking about we'd have 15 bags of leaves. And then they reach in their pocket and give you the change. You see them 15 bags out there? But anyway. But what we would do, there's so many illustrations I could have brought to you today. But what we would do is we would put leaves in the bag and the bag would fill up. But how many know the bag wasn't really full? So then we close the top of the bag, spin it, and then sit on it. Watch this. And, and the leaves would go down about halfway. So now you can get a whole nother half a bag of leaves in there because it was now, see, pressed down. 
Come on, somebody. I'm trying. I feel like my head getting ready to go. You, you know, when the preacher get real good, the preacher head will go. Right. And so, so we shake it up and then press it down. Watch this now. And then we pile those leaves on top of that. Fill it up again. But guess what? That wasn't done. Then we close the top, sit on it again. Now it's about three-quarter full. So, so notice the initial bag was full. That's our giving. What God is saying is after you give, I'm going to shake that up and then press that down. Come on, somebody. Right. And then we put the bags on it again. And then, and then they start to just roll out of the bag, just start to fall out. And that's when we knew when we sat on it that third time, we couldn't get no more leaves in there. And then we tie that thing up, and that's one bag that's done. What I'm trying to tell you, folks, is that when God gives it back to you, So y'all see somebody, see some, y'all think there's some kind of gimmick or something. I didn't make this up. This is what God said. God said he's going to take your giving, press it down, shake it up. Come on, somebody. And then cause it to run over in your life. And listen, it takes faith to believe for that, folks. See, you think you're being humble. I'm telling you, I want all of that and some. But why do I want that? So that I can be a greater blessing to other people. Do you, do you all see that? All right, so now watch this. So, so give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. <coughs> so that means <coughs> your initial gift comes back in full, but then God presses it down and he shakes it together to make room for more. Watch this, until it runs over and then it'll be poured into your lap. Now, I want you to get a picture of this. If that's not the way you've been receiving, watch this now. If you can receive this, it's simply because that's not the way you've been believing. Everybody still with me out there? I believe this way. Somebody say, I'm shifting today. And I'm believing this way. That was bars right there. Did you hear the today and way? Should I, drop, should I drop the mic on that one? All right. Watch this now. To make room for more, running over and pour it into your lap. Watch this. The amount, that, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So how many of you all are believing God for great things? So, so, so think about now your giving has to match the level of your believing. It's real simple math, isn't it? You give nothing, you shouldn't expect to receive anything. See, see, the reason my faith is so high this year is because this is the first time our offering has exceeded our tithe. So I'm like, I promise you, I wake up every single day. This might be the day that somebody hands me enough to go buy the land and the building. Come on, somebody. That's how I wake up every day just like that. 
this might be the day. And if it didn't happen that day, guess how I wake up the next day? And one of those days when I wake up, folks, it's going to be the day. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? All right? So now, so if you want to be on the receiving end of prayer that reaches results, then you got to get in on the giving end. Right? So what does that mean? So if you need healing, pray for somebody else who needs healing. It's James 5, 16. The way you measure out is how it's measured back to you. You see that? See, the word of God says that God is love. So if you need your children to be more involved with God, then go witness about salvation to someone else's child. See, if you need more time, then give a little bit of the time that you have to help somebody else and see if he doesn't redeem the time that you, you currently have. He'll give it back to you in abundance, right? So you walk in the light that you have, and then God will give you more. See, Jesus said again, give, and it'll be given to you again. So God is looking for someone he can use to become a channel of his blessings. So the more he gives, the more you give. So I want you to start thinking this way. When you get blessed, right, that's outside of your income, outside of what you earn that week, and you get unexpected blessings or you get blessed, always ask God this question. God, is that for me or are you trying to get that through me? Did you all catch that? Because sometimes it, it wasn't even about you. He was trying to use you to help somebody else, and you kept it for yourself. I remember one time God told me to give my car away, and, and I didn't have another one to drive at that time. So I held on to it. Anybody ever been there before? And I, the person would ask me, you know, we still good on that? We still good. I'll let you know when... Uh, uh, Somebody say, I was growing in my faith. Now, I was growing. And, and I remember I'm driving this car, and the Lord says, says to me, you are now driving stolen property. Do you remember that, babe? And so I called the person immediately and said, come get this car. <laughs> I took that car to the shop, made sure it was tight from front to back. I washed it. I waxed it, had all the seats clean. And I gave it to him. Listen, I won't even tell you what happened to me on the backside of that because it's not necessary. But how many of you know I got way more than what I gave away? Okay. Always ask yourself, God, is this for me? Or are you trying to get this through me? Somebody come hand you an unexpected 5,000, 25, God. Because, see, most of us, as soon as we get it, what are we going to think? I can do this. I can do that. I can take care of that. Ooh-wee. Right, right or wrong. What I'm telling you, it's time to grow up a little bit. Because really what God is trying to get to you, the five you're giving away is because God's trying to get 20 to you. But he can't get it to you because he can't get five through you. 
He can't get 20 to you because he can't get five through you. You all still glad you came to church today? Somebody say it's tight, but it's right. I feel like we need to make the devil mad today. Just go ahead and give God a real good hallelujah shout in this place. All right. So the more he gives you, the more you give. See, so I started this way. This will help some people. I started this way. I started 11%, 12%, 13%. I just kept growing in my giving. 14%, right? I'm just not going to stop. My prayer is that I can get to where I give away 90% and live off of 10%. I believe God's going to help me get there. So if you'll take the receiving end off of your mind and focus on the giving end, you'll be in position to reach the results you're looking for through prayer. Proverbs 22.9, the Passion Translation, write this down very quickly. When you are generous to the poor, you are enriched with blessings in return. 1 Timothy 6.17, in the Message Bible says this. Tell those who are rich with this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God, who piles on all the riches we could ever manage. What's his purpose for that? To do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. If they do that, then they'll build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. See, riches aren't just for you. Riches are for you to help make this world a better place to live in. So we'll close here. Let's all stand to our feet. So when you are determined to act on these seven steps, how many of y'all are determined to act on these seven steps? How many of y'all have two today that you're going to add to your life? All right. You promise that? I want you to make that before God. How many of y'all promise that, right? What's your challenge? What's your assignment for this week? Help somebody else, okay? What's your assignment for this week? How many of y'all already know who that person is you're supposed to help? Raise your hand. A lot of times they've been on your heart for a while. You just haven't acted on it, right? Okay? And so that's going to be your challenge this week is to help somebody else, all right? And so these seven steps are being pray the Word of God, right? Find out what God's Word says about my situation and then pray that. And then saturate your prayers with faith. That means I'm going to find out everything God's word says about my situation, and I'm just going to soak myself in that, right? And then I'm going to operate in no fear. So once I've decided to pray the word of God, I know everything the word of God says about this. I'm soaked in this, saturated in this. I'm not going to operate in fear. I'm getting ready to act in faith. Then you've got to see yourself prospering because you now have done a lot of work here, right? I prayed the word of God. I've soaked myself in it, got all of the fear out of my life. Now I've got to start seeing myself with it. Then I've got to be willing to testify to somebody else about it before it even happens, right? And then I've got to ask myself, I'm believing in this area, but, man, who can I also help that might be believing in this area also? And then I'm going to make sure that I'm a giver, Right? Because on the opposite end of my giving is receiving. 
And every time I give, I should what? Let's lift our hands to the Father. Hallelujah. Just begin to worship him right where you're at. And so, Father, we receive these seven steps, Father, to reaching the results that we desire from you in our prayer lives, Father. But may it not just be another sermon that we heard, Father, but may it be revelation and life-giving, Father. May it be principles that we add to our lives, Father, for personal growth and development, Father. May each one of us take this so personally, Father, that we'll add this consistently to our daily lives. And, Father, my prayer for every person that acts on it in that way, you'll show yourself strong on their behalf. And so, Father, we believe that every person that is pressed in in these 21 days and this last seven days strong, Father, may they see your glory, Father, in the area that they need it most. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.